From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to the Anxiety Project Podcast. I am Brad Robinson. We are here today on episode number 98. And for the last five episodes, we've been talking about the recovery journey, the steps to overcome anxiety. This episode is going to be on step number six, face your fears. Now, before I get into that, I just want to briefly mention, I do have one-on-one coaching on my website at unpluganxiety.com. Meet with me and every week. We'll set goals, we'll talk about anxiety, I'll talk about my journey, we'll peel apart your onion, all the different layers that have led you into this chaotic state. So if you want one-on-one coaching, sign up there at unpluganxiety.com and we'll work together to overcome anxiety. And I'll give you the tools, I'll give you the techniques. We'll do a lot of releasing trauma exercises together so that you can release the baggage and lighten the load. And so you will feel different. And a lot of my clients, after doing these exercises, they feel different. They tell me that they're sleeping better, that they're finally in the right frame of mind the right mindset. So check out the coaching packages and see if it's right for you. Now, step number six is this podcast episode, and it's all about facing your fears. Now, let's just recap briefly the five other steps that we talked about in the previous podcasts. Now, the first step is take responsibility, realizing, oh, wait, I am flawed. I've caused this. It's up to me to overcome this chaos. It's not up to the people around me. You know, that reassurance does seem fulfilling for the time being. It does feel like you're wanted, but it's only keeping you in that anxious identity. So, Taking responsibility that, you know, you're the one who has to figure this out and overcome it because you're the master of your own mind. Very powerful episode. Number two is getting yourself knowledgeable, finding those role models, but also finding that information to why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Number three is determine your goals. What's your aim? You need an aim so that you can stumble forward towards that outcome, that goal. Number four is create new habits. Now, recognizing the habits that kept me stuck in anxiety was a huge realization. It was so huge because we do the same things over and over and over again, and they become a part of our identity. And thus, we don't realize what we're doing because they're so unconscious. So when I realized that 
my habits were keeping me in this anxious identity, I was blown away. I needed to change my habits in order to change my identity. Then step number five, model after someone positive. So powerful because when you subject yourself to the right people, the people that went through the same thing that you went through and then have gotten better, you want to model after them. You want to do what they say. You want to learn from them. You want to grow from them. And the more you subject yourself to that person, the more you become like that person. Really, really powerful. Now, step number six is face your fears. Now, I'm really excited about this episode because this was so powerful in my recovery. And I remember all of the situations where I had to face that made me anxious, that made me fearful and overcoming them. And that proud feeling I would get afterwards. I couldn't believe I did that. And that was a great feeling. Now, the first thing is to understand the fear response, how it operates. And so you can work with that fear response to overcome your anxiety. Now, I talk about this fear response in podcast number 74. So if you want a more in-depth talk about the amygdala, the fear response, go to that episode, a really powerful episode. And I do talk about the amygdala in a lot of episodes, but that episode was specifically for the amygdala. Now, let's talk about the amygdala so that you can have a better understanding of the anxiety response and how you can actually work with it to overcome anxiety. Now, the amygdala is the almond shaped part of your brain that's located in the center of your brain and it's very 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 old hundreds of thousands of years old and the amygdala easily learns the fears of someone who is concerned about their health you're in the mall You feel the symptoms, the racing heart, the dizziness, the noodle legs, the shallow depth of field, the tingly sensations. You become concerned, but you're also confused. The unknown emerged into your life again, and all of a sudden you interpret those sensations as a health problem, and then, oh no, I could die. And then that leads to panic. When I was 10 years old, I had that first panic attack where it was unknown. I didn't even know what it was. It was the racing heart, the dizziness, all of those symptoms. I didn't know it was panic. My parents didn't know it was panic. And so once it subsided, you know, I pushed that dragon away. You know, I I pushed that unknown information down within my unconscious mind. And later in my 20s, start well, starting in my teens, the panic would come back. 
the dragon would reemerge and it was unknown again. So those symptoms would trigger the same feelings and emotions that I originally experienced when I was 10 years old. And until you understand it, until you understand the amygdala, your anxiety, the past trauma, you're going to keep reliving it because the body is telling you, hey, pay attention. You haven't dealt with this yet, this information yet, this, this unknown information. So anxiety can be well-learned. It can be well-learned. The amygdala can activate under your conscious awareness. So in the mall, those sensations trigger anxiety so quickly that you're not even aware of it. You just feel it all of a sudden. And you're reliving the past experience again. Because something in your environment has triggered your anxiety to activate. It could be something regarding your health sensations, like those heart palpitations, the dizziness, lightheadedness. But it could also be something external, something in your environment that triggered your anxiety. And then when your amygdala activates... It takes over all other brain processes. So that's why you can't think your way out of a panic attack. For hundreds of thousands of years, human beings needed this anxiety response to work unconsciously so that we can remain alive in the unknown, the forest. We needed to respond so quickly to predatory animals and that's what has kept us alive for such a long time. But now that we're in this modern society and we have, you know, our safe homes and the technology and we're not out in the wilderness, we have our food and our beds, it's pretty comfortable. And we're in a time in human existence that it is the most comfortable humans have ever been, but then once our amygdala activates, it's confusing. There's no bear. There's no tiger. There's no snake in the shopping mall. So what is it? Why is anxiety triggering when you're in the safe environment of, of the shopping mall? So the thing is, the more you play out the victim, the more your fears will build and build around you. And when you ignore that baby dragon in its cave, it's growing. And you must slay that dragon when it's young. Now, when you're in that shopping mall, and the baby, well, the dragon emerges. That's the panic. It's under your conscious awareness. And it's also confusing to you. Where is this coming from? And when we ignore the problems around us for such a long time, and we 
we we ignore the dragons, the problems that we need to confront and resolve, they grow around us. And so like me, they grew because I would keep engaging in addictions, bad habits, and then my I was causing my life to become chaotic around me. And I was ignoring the truth to that. And I kept doing things that led me down a bad path. And then things were naturally becoming chaotic in my life. I was naturally experiencing the unknown every day. And so you can even see this when you procrastinate and you don't study for an exam. The dragon grows bigger and all of a sudden, two days before the exam, you have severe anxiety. Oh my God, I need to study. I got so much to do. And then you can see that with a car. You know, if you ignore the sound of this rattling in your car, it the dragon grows and grows and grows. And all of a sudden your car breaks down and you can't even get to work. So you you ignored the problems that are you know, they're, they're trying to express themselves to you. Your body's saying, you know, pay attention, you pay attention, like the car, you know, the rattling sound, pay attention, there's this thing that's wrong, you need to check it out, and then you don't, and then it grows and grows, and then it breaks down. So the amygdala, it activates without our realization, and then we feel the symptoms, and then we're confused, And this response is the fight, flight, or freeze response. So the body is responding to a danger. And it worked well for us for hundreds of thousands of years, for our ancestors. When they ran from a bear, that person's actions of running strengthened their fear of the bear and creatures that resemble bear. Even though there's no bear in the mall, when you run out of the mall thinking that you're going to die, your amygdala links predatory animal to the mall and places that resemble the mall. That's why many people with anxiety fear crowded places. Running out of a crowded place, running out of a crowded mall, the amygdala attaches fear to all crowded places. So that's why you may be at the mall the next day in the crowded environment of the mall and then have that anxiety immediately trigger and thus you being confused and bewildered and not knowing where this stemmed from. The most important thing is to not run away when you feel anxious because that will only strengthen your fear. When I was at a lighting workshop, I went to this workshop because in my old job in the film industry, I wanted to advance myself in the equipment. So I went to this lighting workshop And when I was sitting in the front row, I remember sitting there and all of a sudden I felt 
the anxiety sensations. I became concerned. I internalized. I no longer heard the presenter speak. And then I, all of the what if thoughts came about. What if I faint? What if I throw up? I don't feel so well. And then I got up and I left and I went to the bathroom and I was having my anxiety was so severe. Was I like at a, a level eight or nine? I looked in the mirror. I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to get back out there. And then I didn't even get back out there. I left the building and I, and I went home. I took the train home. So that strengthened my fear of an environment like that, being in a room with a bunch of people, like a classroom setting type room. And then that linked to the class that I later took, the camera trainee workshop, where it was a classroom. I walked in the classroom, I sat down, and then I had a panic attack right when I sat down. And this camera trainee workshop was so important to me because it was the next step in my career, being in the film industry at the time. And I was like, oh, how am I going to be here? I have to leave. I I can't face this this classroom. I don't even know what's going on. I feel, I feel unhealthy and all of these different mixed emotions came up, but also I couldn't control them because my amygdala took over all of my brain processes. So I was left there, but I stayed because I, I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't leave. I just, I needed to get through this workshop because it's the next step. And as hard as it was, I stayed. And that was a good thing because throughout that workshop week, my anxiety lessened every day. And I'll get into that briefly. But the point is, I left that one time during a workshop. And then when I went to another workshop, my anxiety came back. The panic came back because the amygdala is like, oh, Similar environment that was a potential threat to Brad must activate and warn him. We can also think our way into panic from the cortex, conscious thought, right? Oh no, what if this happens? What if that, that happens? And we can think our way into panic as well. And I go into that a lot more in in my recovery program. So the goal, let's get into the goal. The goal is to prove to yourself you won't die in this situation. I had to prove to myself that I can survive the workshop. Even though I didn't even know I was doing that, I was just there because I was, you know, I, I knew that I just had to be here just to advance in my career but little did I know, just staying there, I was proving to myself that I can survive. I was proving to the amygdala that I'm not going to die, that it's not a potential threat. And so I was also doing this in my recovery where I would have fears of being in those crowded places like the symphony, and I had to keep going back to the symphony with Maggie to lessen my anxiety over time. 
So I remember having a panic attack during a symphony and then staying. It was horrible. It was facing chaos. It was facing the dragon, the ultimate threat in my in my life. And then going back the next time, I still felt anxiety, but it lessened a bit. And then I went back another time, and then my anxiety lessened a little bit more. And it kept lessening. That was interesting. So that brings me into flooding and systematic desensitization techniques. The flooding technique is just placing yourself in that anxious environment and letting and riding the wave of panic, just like I did when I went to that second workshop. I sat there, I knew I had to be there, and I just rode the wave. That's one technique. The second technique is systematic desensitization, gradually building yourself up to the worst fear. So if I had a fear of elevators, I would start off by just looking at a picture of an elevator. And then the next thing I would do, until I got bored of it, that's important too. You look at a picture of your fear until you get bored of it. And then you go on to the next thing. Maybe you watch a video of that fear until you get bored of it. And then maybe the next thing you do is visualize yourself getting onto that elevator until you're bored of that visualization. And then the next thing you do is go in person to look at an elevator, but you don't go inside until you get bored of that. And then you get closer and then you get closer until one day you poke your head inside, you look around until you get bored of it. And then one day you will go in and ride it up. And that's facing your fear through systematic desensitization. And the thing is, you become braver. That's what you're doing. And that feeling is extremely powerful. This whole process of facing your fears is to prove to your amygdala that you won't die, but it also strengthens you. You become braver. New neural pathways develop the more you step into that unknown. And that's the Bilbo Baggins story, the Hobbit. He steps into the unknown. He was in his safe area. He was in his shire, comfortable with his wine cellar and all of his foods. And until the unknown emerges, the dwarves come over. He is set off into the unknown, an adventure. He doesn't want to go. He's anxious. He feels like a fool. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's afraid. He's been protected his whole life. But he goes. And throughout the book and throughout the movies, he hardens, right? His face hardens. He becomes braver and braver and braver the more he steps out into the unknown away from the Shire. And so no Band-Aid. Band-Aids such as junk foods, negative friends, alcohol, drugs, no Band-Aid, even, even simple pleasures like social media, like materialistic goods, things like that, they, they don't hide your fears. 
They cover them up, but they don't hide your fears. They will be stuck onto you unless you face them voluntarily. Once you conquer one fear, you become braver in all of the fears linking to that one fear. So once you conquer one crowded space, once you conquer the symphony like I did or the mall, you become braver in all crowded places. You're unlocking a strength you never knew you had. Facing those monsters is never a walk in the park. And believe me, a walk in the park for me included panic attacks. I mean, I had to face even the simplest walks down the road from my house. They were monsters. But it's tough. It's extremely tough. It's facing your fear head on. And you have to develop that courage by stepping into that fear. And then you'll see a new you emerge, a you that you never knew existed. And that's Harry Potter facing the basilisk in the second movie. He goes into the unknown, the dungeon, the, the underworld, and then he faces the ultimate threat lurking under the castle. But what happens when he faces the basilisk voluntarily? He dies. But the phoenix comes and cries tears into his wounds. And then he comes back. And that moment is a symbolic representation of the new person emerging, the stronger person, the person reborn. So that was like me when I was facing my fears. I was reborn into someone new. You're constructing a new identity. Harry Potter came back as someone new. He faced his fears head on. It was a symbolic death. You can look at it. It's a, it is a symbolic death. And then he comes back. But I know in the movie it was, it was like a real death. But we interpret it as symbolic. And it's the same thing. I go and face my fears. I strengthen a new part of myself. I become braver. The old Brad dies and the new Brad reemerges. Very powerful. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And remember, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.